You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we have a special guest, an expert in her field, where we're going to talk about mindset training and mental skills training when it comes to our sport. You know, the mindset and mental side of our game is becoming more and more important to understand. And for us as coaches, we need to understand how to show our athletes how they can be more confident in games, how they can believe in themselves, and how they can be mentally prepared for what's to come. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 69 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Uh, it's another Monday. I hope you got, Actually, I lied. It's 68. Sorry, guys. I, I, you know, it's funny. I was just rehearsing what episode it was, and I messed that up. So welcome to episode 68 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Um, if you are a new listener, welcome to the pod. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I am the host of this great podcast that I hope to drop some value today where you can take back and take what you learn here and apply it to your gym right away. And if you are a regular listener, thank you for tuning in again. And I appreciate the support. I appreciate you guys coming on and, you know, listening and trying to learn and apply what you guys get from the pod uh, into your gym. So a couple of things. Well, first of all, we do have a great guest on our podcast today, but before I, I get to that, we do have a review. So I do appreciate all the reviews that come on the pod. Believe me, it helps me make the show better. It helps me uh, cater this show to what you know our coaches want. And that's at the end of the day, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that I'm you know producing content. I'm putting out value that you can apply to your gym and get results. So we got a, a new review from Tandem502. Uh, it says super awesome five stars. This podcast is so helpful, really engaging, and definitely worth my time. Solid five stars. Well, tandem five hundred two. I appreciate that. Thank you for that feedback. And as always, I'm going to try to drop some value. Actually, not today. I won't be dropping value today, guys. <laughs> this is going to be um, somebody else. So we have a special guest on the pod today, and I've gotten in, in the last little bit. I've gotten requests for talking about the mental game, and as much as I'd like to say I know you know, I, I know about the mental game because I've been a coach for, you know, 13, 14 plus years. I'm not an expert by any means in this area, nor do I want to pretend to be. And therefore I want to bring in, you know, I, it's, it's, it's nice when I can bring someone in who can speak to the mental problems and the mental skills that we have in our game. And that's the exact person that I've brought in today. Um, so I brought in Paige and Paige, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Doing good. Oh, I appreciate How do you say your last name? Tons. Oh, Paige Tons. Okay. I was going to say it, but then I realized, like, what if I mess it up? And then yeah, I, I'd rather <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, it's like Tons, Tons, but it's Tons. <laughs> okay. So Paige Tons, who um, is a mental skills or, or mindset coach. Um, so Paige, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, you know, this topic in, in our sport is, is always prevalent. Their coaches are always talking about mindset and, and how to get our athletes mentally prepared and really to... That, that's a big, that's a big, big topic now, especially 2021 going forward. So uh, you want to introduce yourself to the pod, let our listeners ho- know who you are and kind of take it from there. Yeah, for sure. That sounds great. 
Cool. So as you know, my name's Paige. I I have I feel like I have a lot of different titles, mindset, girl athlete, mindset, mentor, confidence coach, you know, life coach for teen and preteen girls. I just happen to be athletes, all of the above. Um, but I'm just really passionate about the mental side of the game, whether um, you're softball, volleyball, it, I mean, it can range from all different sports, but uh, I was, my primary sport was softball. So I played a lot of softball growing up and that's what I played in college at Northwestern University. But I also played some volleyball. Um, well, not some, I actually played quite a bit. I played all through high school, played varsity uh, volleyball in high school as well. Um, volleyball was always like a really fun outlet for me because there wasn't as much pressure. <laughs> And I wasn't trying to get a scholarship and um, go to college for volleyball. So volleyball was always really fun for me, uh, which maybe a lot of maybe some volleyball listeners can feel that way about an, a secondary sport that they play. Um, but I just really struggled with the mental side of the game. And if you would have asked me when I was going through it growing up and, you know, through my middle school, high school college years, I probably wouldn't have said like, oh, I'm not very, I'm not confident or, you know, I'm struggling with this, but it really um, was clear to me that I was towards more the end of my career and was like, wow, that, and once I started learning more about the mental game and actually thinking differently about myself and the way I played and the game and um, just having different thoughts about that, all of a sudden I was playing a lot better and I was like, wow, if I would have just done that a little bit earlier, that would have been nice. Um, could, probably could have been a lot better. And I don't I just don't think we realize how important and how powerful and how much weight that has on us as athletes. Um, so my goal is to help more athletes learn and work on their mental game way earlier than, than I felt like I figured it out. So that's kind of how I got to where I'm, I am today working with, uh, female athletes. Um, I have boys come to me all the time or like, um, parents that want help with their sons. And I'm like, totally get it. But I'm like, I have my go-to person to send the, the boys to a, a guy that does very similar work that I do. Great. Yeah, that's, that's solid. So let's talk about, um, so our sport, when I think of, you know, the mental side of our sport, the first thing that comes to mind is like, when, when do athletes mentally break down or, you know, those mental blocks and that starts with serve receive. So all the time in our sport, you see athletes get us, get a ball served to them. They may shank it, you know, they may get a serving, a serve receive air. And then all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, like all the pressure is on them. It's really tough to get back out of that. And then the server will notice that and then just keep serving at them. And then they get served off the court. Then the sub, then they have to get subbed out and you know, all these crazy things. So what, what can you tell coaches out there or athletes for that matter? Um, you know, how do we prepare mentally for serve receive? Yeah. It's funny when, before we even hopped on live, you had mentioned this was like the main thing for volleyball. And I was like, Oh, like that was totally me as a volleyball player. Cause defense was definitely not my thing. <laughs> and I just remember like, it was like all these like memories were coming back from high school and like I'd miss a cert or they'd miss the server receive and they just like pick on me and pick on me. And then I was just like crumbling. So I definitely can relate to that piece. Maybe not as a high level as some of your listeners, but um, yeah. So I think that, you know, some of the tools that I think it could be really helpful are some things to do in those 
um, pressure situations. Cause you know, I can compare it to like an at bat or softball. It's like all the pressure is on you. Like it, even though it's a team sport, you're the one that's having to perform in that moment. And, um, something that's been really helpful for the girls that I work with is a little, I call it a pre-performance routine. So, um, for volleyball specifically, uh, we talk about before serves and before serve receive, because, um, those are those like two main things where you actually have a little bit of a break in between. I feel like the rest of it is just like, you know, go, go, go. Volleyball is much faster paced. Um, but having that pre-performance routine can include anything like taking a deep breath. It sounds really easy and simple, but it's supposed to. And, um, I always remind my girls, like, you already know how to breathe. It just, you forget to be a little bit intentional about it. So taking a deep breath before that serve receive, allowing your like body and mind to just relax, because if you're all tense, it's hard to move and react. And when you're relaxed, it's much easier to make those adjustments. Um, Visualize. So just quickly visualizing yourself uh, making that pass to your setter exactly where you want it to go. Um, There's just like little glimpses of visualizations um, because oftentimes if, you know, it is a shank and now we're covering and we're going, you know, we're getting ready for another serve receive. Some, a lot of times we'll think about, we'll visualize what went wrong not on purpose, but you're thinking and like replaying like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Or you're like already beating yourself up over it. And you're just like thinking about it, thinking about it. And then the next ball comes and you do it again. (laughs) Right. So visualizing what you want to happen rather than what you don't want to happen. And that's just like a a little tiny shift there. Um, sorry, do you, do you do that after you've made the serve receive error? Or can you do that before the serve is even made Uh, the first attempt? Yeah, both. So visualizing before the first serve comes over to the first serve receive, or it could be like a failure recovery is visualizing what you want to happen and like telling yourself the adjustment that you want to happen rather than what you don't want to happen. Because I think a lot of times as athletes, we're always like, um, I don't know, what's like a what's like a go-to adjustment that you give someone that maybe just shanked a serve receive. Uh, like if it's a spin serve, move back. If it's a float serve, move up. Yeah. So a lot of times in our mind, we'll be like, we'll tell ourselves what we did wrong, which is good. Right. Cause it's like making that adjustment. But what you just shared is like move back or move up. That that's something that is like a positive adjustment or, um, stay low or stay loose or I don't know, it's just little things that are what we want to happen rather than what we don't want to happen. So breathing visualization, some, a little bit of self-talk and adjustments that are, um, what you want to happen rather than what you don't want to happen. Um, I think those are, those would be like the main simple things that you can start including in that little routine. And then of course, like you can throw in those little things that you do before every serve receive. Like I know, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if they still do this or maybe the courts are a lot nicer, but I just remember in high school, like the courts seemed dusty all the time for some reason. So you're like wiping your socks and stuff like that could be part of your routine or that you, you know, communicate with so-and-so on your team. So you can have like a little pre-performance routine. Um, that way, it feels good. It feels comfortable. Um, it's something that you can control rather all, all the elements in volleyball that you can't control. Um, cause as athletes, we like that control and we 
that's just one thing that you can't control. So using that routine. Right. We should, we, that's, that makes a lot of sense. So just to recap, so breathing, breathing is an easy thing that everyone knows how to breathe. Like you said, so mm-hmm. that's, that's a simple fix. And when you, when you make that, or when you're about to serve, receive, or you, you've made a mistake, don't dwell on the mistake, but visualize what to do next or what the yes. next, what you want to happen. Mm-hmm. And then whatever kind of routine, uh, before service that you would, you would t- typically do. So that this kind of leads me into my next question then. Um, and it, you may have already answered it, but if you can add on to it, let me know what, you know, if an athlete makes an error, mm-hmm. right? So we just, we talked about service, but what happens, you know, how do, how do athletes bounce back after making an error? What do they focus on mentally? How do we approach that situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it goes back to that, you know, like I, I, I can attest to this because I was like so hard on myself after I made mistakes. And I was like so frustrated, like, because we have those high expectations of ourselves. We want to be perfect, but of course, like any sport, there's going to be failure. And I think just understanding and knowing and acknowledging that failure is part of the game. And it's just, that's, that's it. Like it's a piece of the game. And if you um, can start to shift your mindset to, okay, it's going to happen. What do I do when it happens? Um, it can be really helpful. So just that awareness factor in general, that's like the first thing that a lot of the girls that I work with start to notice like, Oh, yep. I'm like going down like negative road over here and beating myself up. And it's just that, that in that incident, choosing something, choosing thoughts or choosing like to visualize something that's going to serve them. No, like pun intended with the serve, but something that's going to help them. Um, and whether that's like changing the negative adjustment to a positive adjustment, something that they want to happen. Or um, one thing that I actually heard from a, uh, a really successful collegiate softball coach, Sue Enquist from UCLA, she, I heard her on a podcast recently, she was talking about how she basically like made her um, her players after a mistake, they would, um, first of all, like acknowledge it and like take responsibility for it. Like, Hey, like my bad. Um, and then they would communicate how many outs there were. So like in volleyball, maybe it's, um, just communicating like where they are on the court or, uh, what the the plan moving forward is, or just something to communicate on the court with your teammates. Um, it could be something really simple and then, um, getting back into, to what they're doing. So it was like this little routine. So it's kind of like a, an overlying concept here of routines, like just having those little routines and those things that you do when you experience failure, because when you have a plan for failure, then you know what to do (laughs) and you're not dwelling in all of the like frustration and like just beating yourself up and making yourself worse and being your own worst enemy. Yeah, I know. I like that. And, I, and just to think like how many players actually have a plan for failure? Like if it's inevitable, you are not going to go a season without making one serve receive error. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. So do you have a plan in place when that happens? And how do we bounce back? That's, that's actually a really good idea. Cause I, I can tell you, I don't even think my players have a plan when they, uh, they commit an error. So that's something that I'll be adding to my arsenal. So that's good. Yeah. Having a plan in place for when that happens so that you're not, you know, kind of flabbergasted yeah. or all over the place. I like that. Something I do that can be even more proactive than when you're in the midst of failure is um, like I was working with a girl yesterday and she has a tournament coming up. And I, one of the, like, I would do a lot of journaling questions. I had her just think about when I, 
when I get down on myself or when I mess up or when I fail, like, what am I going to do? Or how am I going to respond? And just thinking through that, because I don't think we like, we never really think about that um, just naturally. So just to actually like write it down, think about it, um, see what that looks like, how, how they're going to come back, how they're going to respond or how they're going to give themselves a little bit of grace in that moment um, can be really helpful for preparation before the game even begins. Journalizing. Yeah. Journaling is huge. I know a lot of coaches that swear by journaling. I, I, I used to, I haven't, I haven't done it in a while actually with my college team, but I, I used to do a lot of journaling. Uh, maybe I should go back to that because yeah, you've, you've seen some positive like results from journalizing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I like that. So let's kind of, so I like, I like the, you know, if you make a mistake, you know, preparing, you know, mentally for certain skills and stuff like that, let's go to, how do you, how do you deal with a player that already has low confidence? You know, mm. it's just, there, there's always those type of players on your team that, you know, you're not going to have everyone being great, confident players. So how do we address and how do we work with the players with low confidence? What can we do to help them? Yeah, that's really, um, that's a really great question and topic. And something that I've been thinking about a lot um, as I've listened to other successful coaches, um, mostly coaches sharing their experiences is this concept of like, I feel like the best coaches are able, have this like gift, I guess, or maybe it's a skill. I, maybe it should be a skill. Somebody who can learn um, this like skill, this gift of instilling belief in their players. And I think that goes to just really knowing their players and um, like on a on a personal level rather than just like as an athlete level and like they actually care about their players, which I'm sure so many coaches do, but it's just something that I keep coming across the really successful coaches. Like we keep hearing these athletes sharing that. Well, yeah, like I know that my coach, she trusts me or he believes in me. And I, you know, I am doing a lot of work helping the girls create confidence for themselves and, um, a lot of that is to like, you know, who are they as a person, not just, you know, the results as of an, as an athlete or the outcomes that happen out on the court or the, the field or wherever they are. Um, so there's a lot of that, that, um, is helpful to start instilling confidence. But I think that, that especially since we're talking like, how can a coach or even a teammate, you know, having those coaches or teammates that believe you, in you and being surrounded by those kinds of people can like, I can make a really big shift and change for that athlete. Sometimes it's out of their control. That's why I'm working with the girls specifically. But I think if coaches and teammates can do more of that and also just like that relatability um, and being like, Hey, like, I know like today sucks, but like, here's, here's what we're going to focus on or here. Like, I'm here for you. Let's work through this. Um, I think that that goes such a long way for the athlete. Yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree. And I, and I can attest to this because like, I, I always, one thing I tell my coaches all the time is we're in the, we're in the business of building relationships and creating relationships. That's just, that's just what it is. And the better relationship you have with your players, the easier it's going to be for them to not have that confidence, not, not have that low confidence because uh, yeah. it, it's, they're not afraid to like make a mistake. They're not afraid to do this. I, I'm not going to take away from this interview, but basically we had a player years ago who we went into a tournament in Ottawa. Ottawa is the capital city of Canada. 
Mm-hmm. And we played, we had two games that weekend. And the first game, he was just shanking every ball left, right, and center. He was so scared looking over at the bench. He just he wasn't having fun. So we had a one on one with him that night. Um, and long story short, after we got the after we got out, we basically asked him, like, why do you play this game? And he's like, well, it's fun. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you have fun today? Because, you know, I'll, I was I was playing like crap and I was, you know, he that all that pressure. And we said, OK, t- tomorrow, which was our next game, go out there. And I don't care if you shank every single ball. I want you to have fun. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You can look over me. You can shank every single ball. You will not get pulled. You're not going to get subbed out. You're going to be fine. You're going to play. Mm-hmm. He went over there and he shanked the first ball. I looked at me. I was like, continue. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he passed his best game of the season because that that pressure was just off. Yeah. Like when you when you have the confidence of your coaching staff to go out there and, he, and I'm telling him to have fun and play the game, mm-hmm. it was it was night and day. And that situation could have easily turned like the other direction if I was yelling at him and I was like, come on, right. you did this yesterday, subbed him out, da, 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 which, which unfortunately I'm, I'm not picking on any coaches out there, but I see it a lot where an mm-hmm. athlete can be making a ton of mistakes. And you're like, what are you doing? Like get out and you're subbed out or whatever, or you just yell at them. And, you know, and I always tell my coaches, no athlete is trying to play bad. They're not purposely trying to play bad. So you know, it, if that's the case, that's another conversation, but they're not doing that. So you know, the yelling and, and, and the, the embarrassment, all that stuff is not going to help. But yeah, anyways, I, so I, I 100% can relate to that because it's so true. Yeah, totally. And I'm just like my poor dad, he gets thrown under the bus a lot with me. I love him. We're way beyond yeah. that, but like, I'll never like, and it's kind of like this ongoing joke as athletes, like you get in the car with your parent after or whatever. And they're like, like, why would you do that? Or like, why would you swing at that pitch over your head? And you're like, yeah, I was definitely trying to do that. Thanks dad. I really appreciate it. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And it's, it's just innate. Like we just, yeah, that's our natural instinct to just, you know, mm-hmm. why'd you like, what's wrong with you? Come on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that. All right. So how do you, so here, how do you maintain, this is a, another one that we've dealt with. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain a positive mindset, you know, in, in the game when things aren't going well? Yeah. And throughout Ooh, the whole game, when things aren't going well, how do you maintain that positive mindset? Yeah, that's a really, really good one. Um, because sometimes it is extremely frustrating and you're like, I, like I put in all this work and I just want my performance to match what I'm trying to do. Um, and that can be a really, really just overall incredibly frustrating time and it's really hard to be positive. Um, so my, my suggestion, my advice for girls that are struggling or just athletes that are struggling to be positive in those difficult moments as well. And throughout their performances is it takes practice just like your physical skills and the work that you do on the court or on the field or wherever you're competing. Um, it takes the practice to like work on positive self-talk and affirmations. And even that, like the visualization, the breathing, all those things take practice before, you know, they're consistent. And um, like the same with your, like your practices to games and competing um, physically. So there's times like we'll be working on affirmations and I'll, you know, I'll be like, okay, like who, do, do is anyone like kind of like writing them down? Like, I just don't really believe this positive self-talk that I'm telling myself. And there, a lot of them are like, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I don't totally believe it. I'm like, that's okay. Like, that's totally normal. But the more that you practice it, the more that you write it down, the more that you tell yourself those things, it's going to start shifting your thinking because um, a lot of us have these 
limiting beliefs or these old beliefs or these old stories about ourselves as athletes, how we show up, how we perform. And we have to, um, we have to basically like create this new path and create this new belief and store, uh, create our own stories for ourselves. The ones that are going to actually, you know, help us and help us perform and, um, play at a higher level. So I would say it's, I mean, this is like not the very like fun answer, but it's just takes consistency in that practice, um, before being in those hard moments and working through it. Yeah, I know hundred percent. Yeah. Dave. You got to practice. Like there's no, there's yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> so we, ha- we kind of talked about like dealing with low confidence, right? Like, so, you know, it's, it's going to take it for, as a coaches, we got to get to know our players. Um, it, but also how, so getting to know your players is one thing to help them with their confidence. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, are there specific strategies that we can use to get players to believe in themselves? Mm, good question. Yeah. Um, so something that I, I talk about with the athletes a lot is communication with their coaches, because I know for a fact, even in college, I was nervous to have those conversations, ask for help those tough conversations with my coach. It was always like, I mean, nobody likes to have like a, like an, an intense conversation or something that they're, they're asking for. And they're not really sure how their that other person is going to respond. It's like not conflict, but we don't really like, it's against our nature to want to have those conversations. So something I work on with the girls is having those hard conversations and having that good communication with your coaches And when you understand and know and have that communication with your coaches, which obviously can go the other way, because like my college coach, um, she would always, we would have these one-on-one meetings, kind of like you were saying that at the night of your one player was struggling that day. And I would always like be so worried and nervous about what was going to happen in those conversations and whether I cried in that conversation or worked through tough stuff or just talked about it. I I always felt so much lighter after, and I felt like I was heard and understood. And I think that that's like the biggest thing is to make sure and, you know, make sure that your, your players and your athletes are being heard and understood. Cause that's really what any, anyone really wants is to, to be understood and have a clear, you know, communication line of like what's expected or, you know, that it's okay not to be great all the time, or it's okay to have problems. It's okay to be struggling with certain things, but just knowing that you have that, that person and those people that are going to support you no matter what. Right. So one-on-ones, one-on-ones are super important. Yeah. I I believe in them too. Like I think one-on-ones are are an absolute must and not even just with myself and the players, but with the entire coaching staff and the players. So so Mm -hmm. they know that everybody kind of has each other's back. Um, okay. We're, we're going to, we're going to wrap up here. Just, just a couple more. Um, so the last thing that I want to ask you in terms of the, the mental toughness side is how do you prepare mentally for a game or a practice? Like what are some things athletes can do to prepare for those games and practices? Yeah. So I, um, I really like doing some journaling, um, and doing, I call it like, I've kind of just like randomly coined this term, but like some mindset prep questions. And there are just a couple of different questions to go through to just kind of check in with yourself. And it's, you know, how some of these questions are like, how do I feel right now? 
And then how do I want to feel um, in this tournament or in this game or whatever it is coming up? Or maybe I have a lot of girls that go to camps. Like, how do I want to feel in this camp? Um, and then uh, what do I want to give myself permission to do or to what do I want to give myself permission for? Um, and then another one is um, the, the, the um, preparing for failure type thing. So if I get down on myself, what do I want to remind myself of? Um, and then um, I'm drawing a blank of the other one, but just some simple questions. And for that, how they want to feel in the game is like, okay, how do I make that happen? So how do I, how do I, if they're say, you know, I want to feel confident, I want to feel energized, excited, whatever it might be. It's like, okay, how do I get there? How do I, if I'm feeling nervous or, eh, or whatever in the moment, how do I get myself to where, how I want to feel in that game? And that goes back to like those kind of like fundamental tools is um, taking some time to just breathe and slow down or visualizing what you want to happen in that game um, or writing down some more affirmations or some positive self-talk about yourself. Or maybe it's like having a little dance party with your teammates. I don't know, like whatever like makes you, whatever you need to get to feel like where you want to be um, is something that you can like, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a pregame routine really, again, just love routines apparently. <laughs> right, right. No, that's solid. So, so just to recap, we've talked about, we've, we've dived and talked about a lot today, um, but basically some of the, the major takeaways from what I got was, you know, breathing is huge. Okay. Mm -hmm. Breathing is significant. You know, you should be practicing it. You should be doing it. Um, I know, I know in a lot of gyms, I, we, we practice, we do breathing before we even step on the court as a team. Uh, yeah. which is great. Awesome. Visualization is huge. Um, you know, when you, when you make a mistake, don't focus on the mistake, but focus on what you want next. Mm -hmm. What's the plan next? Um, yeah. And then routines, right? Like you said, routine before serve receive, routine plan for failure. Now plan for mm -hmm. what what is your next step after something happens. Journalizing was a big takeaway for me too. Journalizing, uh, journaling or not journalizing, but journaling. Uh, journaling is um is is such a great skill and it's a great thing to do as a, as a team too. You can do it as a team, uh, yeah. and and get those things out. Relationship with your players, big, big must. That, that definitely helps with the mental game. Your players knowing that the coaches have their back, they have that relationship with them, that they can go to them with anything. And more importantly, that you can let the players know that you're there to support them and you care about them and stuff like that. I think that's huge. Right. That relationship is, is for sure. Um, and you do have to practice this. You have to practice to maintain a, po a positive mindset. So that's that's really good. And then uh, to, to finish off with your, your mindset prep questions uh, for coaches out there, these are some questions you got to talk to your players about. But you know, how do they feel right now? How do they want to feel for this game? Right. What, what, mm -hmm. what permission are they going to give themselves? You know, what do you have to, what, what permit, like, what are you giving yourself permission to do? And then mm -hmm. if you get down on yourself, what do you do? Which is kind of like, you know, planning to, uh, I remember that last one. It was, yeah. what do you want? What do you want to let go of? So what do I want to let go of going okay. into this next game? That was the other one. Oh, nice. I was like, I so, can't think yeah, though, no, this is all great stuff. This is like, like coaches, if you, if you're driving, you're gonna have to come back and re-listen to this and, and take some notes. Cause these are great, great, uh, tools you can use uh, with your players, um, throughout the entire season. All right. So Paige, I got a couple more for you. Mm -hmm. These are kind of quick fire things. If you could go back in time, what would you tell your, your younger self? Mm, so good. So many things, but we'll keep one, one thing is just don't, don't take things so seriously and having fun because that is the whole purpose of living and playing and competing and as an athlete standpoint. 
Yep, hundred percent. If you had one thing, one thing that co- you would want coaches to leave this with, what would it be? If they were to take just one thing away from this whole interview, what would it be? Um, to really work on, you know, how to create, how to create that belief in your athletes. So um, I don't think I'm explaining that right. Like allowing them so that they know that you believe in them. So what does that look like? And how, like, what are some like, you know, action, it's kind of goals that you can do to start working on that a little bit more, just going like a little bit extra on them. Oh, I like that. Sit back and ask yourself, what can you do to make your fairs, your players feel comfortable? What can mm-hmm. you do to make your players know that you believe in them and that mm-hmm. that relationship is there? No, I love that. Um, and my last one for you, um, dead or alive, one person that you would have dinner, dinner with and why? Oh gosh, these are good ones. Um, Oh man, this is going to sound so funny, but okay. I would totally love to have dinner with Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay. And why? I'm just a really successful person, but I also know that she's gone through like lots of struggles and the mental health space. And I don't know. I think it would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a great answer. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, Paige, thank you so much uh, for coming on the pod, sharing your, your knowledge. And, and there's a lot of tangible things which I'm a big tangible guy. I want our listeners to be able to write things down and take tangible things away for them that they can apply right away and see results mm-hmm. and, and help their players. And we can also ultimately, you know, uh, create better players. So that I appreciate it. That's great. Last, uh, any last minute words? I think that's it. I mean, shoot, I talk about this stuff for hours and hours, but I love like the, the tangible things that we were able to create for these coaches, I hope, or for anyone listening. So that right. They can- and if they, and uh, if coaches want to get a hold of you, how, how, do they, how can they work with you or get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. So I'm working on a lot of fun things. And actually one of those is um, I will soon be coming out with that kind of like that mindset prep, kind of game ready confidence. So um, some of qu- those questions and those journaling prompts and things that they can grab. Um, but I do have some other like free downloads and things that they can use on my website, but my website's probably the best place to land if you're trying to grab some different things. And I like to have fun on Instagram too. So that's probably a good place too. So pagetons.com or just on Instagram at pagetons. All right, perfect. And we'll make sure that we, we link it in the show notes, um, all the links. So listeners, you can just uh, find those links in the show notes and you'll be able to talk to Paige. Um, hope maybe you can talk to her about coming out and talking to your teams or figuring yeah. out you know, how that works and all that stuff. So that's great. Well, Paige, thank you again. Um, it was great. I loved it. A lot of great stuff. And for our listeners, hope you got some value out of today's episode. And we will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.